3: Well, at least the entire open uh, wasn't consisting of Cowboys losing, so at least I have that going for me. Welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app, watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube, and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. <laughs> Joining us on the program today, BetQL Daily alumnus Joe Giglio of WIP in Philadelphia helps us preview Eagles Bucks. And then at 11 o'clock Eastern time, Jason Locke and Fora takes his victory lap Backing the Packers over the Cowboys. And that's where we will begin. Me screaming into a pillow after yet another early exit by the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. But this one might be one of the more devastating early exits in recent memory. The Packers not only cover the plus seven, they win this thing outright 48 to 32, total over 50 and a half. The money line bet a plus 280. Packers basically dominated from the start. Uh, They were up, what, 27 0 at one point, or uh, just something absolutely absurd? Uh, Aaron Jones, yeah, the Aaron Dobbs, 6 151. Dak got a lot of his yards and cards. Doesn't
4: matter. I mean, the numbers don't matter, man. I mean, this is just. God. It's wow. Like, we dreamed about this last week. Every time we talked about this game, it, here's the perfect scenario: the Packers somehow go there. What do you mean we dream this? We did. We did. We, I mean, this is good for you too. It's good for the content. We, you don't want the Cowboys advancing and boring. And come on, this is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> fooling you that. and that that there's something because they're, they're, cool. they're nothing. They're oh, nothing. We get to talk <laughs> about them. The next three hours, like the open may not have been all Cowboys, but just watch out for the next three hours. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was glorious. Like, I, I grew up, like, I was told you have to you hate the Packers. Oh, no. uh, and then like every bit of yesterday, <laughs> I had a Chief head on. I was Horvy Jr. Like it was phenomenal. I didn't bet on the side. I just bet on the over, but like that was just, that was everything. Aaron, like you got to admit, we wanted this result, but you never thought it was going to be this like wave the white flag in the first half, a complete no show. And like Dan Quinn's a favorite to get a head coaching job. I don't know how you hire him after yesterday, whether it's in Dallas or Seattle or anywhere.
5: I agree. I thought it was going to be the other guy. Like, I wanted the Cowboys to lose more than anyone. I mean, this has been a bit between Ed and I going back to what, the springer? Like, just the trash talk. Like... It was. I. I have not stopped howling. Like I oh have God, never laughed so funny. hard during an NFL game in my life. I woke so up good. so happy this morning, but I thought Joe Barry would be the one we'd be talking about. I was nervous about his defense, wow. and no, it was the other guy. I mean, the Cowboys didn't even look like they showed up. And then I thought no to so. myself, do they want McCarthy to lose his job? And then after the game, Dak's talking about how you know if they're gonna talk about. McCarthy, then they need to look at him. And by the way, I'm glad he saved his terrible performance for the playoffs, reverts back into an interception machine. love to see. That. Mm-hmm. like everything. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. Cowboys <laughs> losing in the playoffs. It's such a beautiful thing. You
3: know, BetQL Court's not for another couple of segments, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw both of you in jail for this because I know, you know that I'm going to be hearing this for a while. Like, we're going to be talking about, like, Browns, Texans, and somehow this is going to be t- twisted back into a Cowboys yeah. losing conversation. Like, yes. I fully understand that. So I'm going to throw both of you in jail right here, right now, in advance because, oh. you know, this the thought police, I get it. And that's how this is going to go. Now, I think another thing that I'm going to have to hear a lot of, and this is going to infuriate me to no end, is now we're going to get into the whys. What's going on? Is it just naturally, intrinsically part of having the star on your helmet that you lose? Is it naturally because Jerry Jones sold his soul to the devil back in the 90s? Maybe that's the reason why they lost this game. (laughs) Is it because that everybody is just fraudulent, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, like, part of this was, okay, if I had to blame one group or one unit more than anything else, it's probably the Cowboys defense because that was a near perfect game by Jordan Love in terms of basically scoring on just about every drive. Like that should never, ever, ever happen in any situation, in any game whatsoever. To make Jordan Love, who's not that experienced, basically look like, you know, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers combined. That is unacceptable by any stretch of the imagination. So that's that's certainly huge there. But also, too, like I'm going to hear a lot of, well, Mike McCarthy is just really, really bad at this. Like in some ways, yes, this team was ill-prepared, but there was mm. no excuse why this defense should have been as bad as it is. I don't know exactly what happened. All I know is that that defense came in scared to play. Absolutely scared to play. You don't just allow them to run all willy-nilly like they did. You don't allow all these receivers to be really, really wide open. We can go over the numbers a little bit later. But the fact that no matter what they did defensively turned out to be the wrong decision when they looked oh so fantastic leading up to this, that's probably what infuriates me more than anything else. People are going to go in and be like, oh, Dak Prescott's a fraud or whatever. No, he's not a fraud. It's just, you know, it was a mediocre game by him, and he needed to be spectacular because the defense really, really, really
4: let him down. Yeah, I mean, the box score that people are going to reference doesn't matter. That's why I jumped on you and stopped you because it's all empty calories. None of that mattered. The 32 points didn't matter. The game was over at that point. It was done. They were done completely. And the whole they're great at home, are they? They're great against bad teams. You know, I thought that was yes. one of the main themes of the weekend. And the Cowboys are part of that. The two teams that are bump slayers all season long showed their ass. The Cowboys... And The dolphins they got whooped. I mean, there's just no way around it. Um, I went into yesterday thinking, Boy, I hope we get a competitive game this weekend. And then the third one was non competitive, and it was awesome because of, of what ended up occurring. Like, it, it well, I agree with you, it is on the defense, but I got we were told all year that's a great defense with this great defense. Like, what look at what they're doing in the first half against Buffalo 21 points against Seattle. 21 points, almost 300 yards. Like, they've been awful, man. And 27 points. I know one was a defensive score yesterday against the Green Bay Packers. And, I, you know, I mentioned the empty calories. And in the end, people are going to look back and see over 400 yards, 32 points, blah, blah, blah. Packers' defense has been horrendous this year. And when it counted, the Cowboys couldn't do anything in that game. By the way, you also have Aaron Jones. Rushing for three touchdowns. You know how many he ran for in the regular season? Two. Mm -hmm. Two rushing touchdowns all year, and he runs for three yesterday. Uh, Dobbs gets forgotten about because of Jordan Love's performance. He's now played two years in the league. That was his first 100-yard game, and he had 151 yards in that one.
5: Ian McMillan had the Cowboys on his fraud list, and I'm not sure he should have walked it back last week when we had him back on the show. They lost to Arizona, lost to San Francisco, lost to the Eagles, who, oh, by the way, stink. Is that even I mean, what does that say about you? Lost to Buffalo, lost to the Dolphins. Joe just called them bum slayers. They beat the Lions by one point. Ed, if you want to get back at Joe, you should do the stuff. I mean, the Lions doing better than the Cowboys now.
3: Well, whatever. I, I'm that trying does to
5: start it. a fight. Well, I just, <laughs> that's fine. Of course, No, but, <laughs> so Ad, I mean,
4: I yes, But you're going to hear about it because you went to the Cowboys with every conversation about a Super Bowl or, you know, you, you would defend them all year long, and then they do the same thing. It doesn't matter who the coach is, who the players are. It's the same thing that we've seen ever since the dynasty in the mid-'90s.
3: Right. I I get that. I just I mean, to point to reasons why, like, I think what's infuriating is that now we're going to be pointing to just some random stuff that doesn't matter at all. Like, something intrinsic about wearing the star on your helmet automatically makes you bad or whatever. Like, there there are a lot of no. things and reasons why I think this game, this playoff loss, is very different than, say, the one last year to the 49ers or the one two years ago to the 49ers. Like, this one really stands out to me on a variety of fronts, not the least of which... Yeah is that, you know, and I've said it before, like the defense was bad. And in terms of like one metric to bring up here, I think kind of lost in last week's win for the Cowboys over the commanders was just how wide open some of those commanders receivers were. Like in this game yesterday, we saw a lot of third down conversions where receivers had like 10 yards of space all around them. And that should never, ever happen because maybe they're too worried about stacking the box because they think it's third and medium and that Aaron Jones, you don't want him to burn you or whatever. Maybe it got too, too much in their heads that they just can't stop the run. And so they were selling out there or sometimes there were light boxes. And then those guys in front couldn't do anything either. Like it was amazing that the defensive game game planning just being, Oh, so atrocious in this contest to where Jordan love looked that spectacular. I mean, what was it against the blitz? Jordan love had a perfect passer rating that can't happen. It cannot happen at all. And now we're wondering, okay, all these Cowboys fans now are refreshing their Twitter pages with Mike McCarthy in the search bar, wondering if he should stay put or if Jerry Jones is going to move on in a different direction. And to me, yes, you absolutely can fire a head coach after three straight 12-win seasons. Absolutely, you can because there is no excuse for being this ill prepared offensively and defensively. I mean, on the offensive side, like, I don't think Dak Prescott played a horrible game, but the fact that he was oh so confused that this defense that was so bad for so long just kept disguising their looks, pre snap looked one thing and then it turned into some kind of a zone where he was having to throw into tight windows more often than he wanted to. That's why those interceptions happen. And at some point, if you're Mike McCarthy, you got. To go in there and be like, guess what? This is going to be different pre-snap than post-snap. You need to be prepared for this. Why? Because it's the playoffs, and people are going to do things a little bit differently than what they put on film. Packers were prepared for that, the Cowboys weren't, and that's why Mike McCarthy should be
4: fired today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, he should. There's no doubt about uh... it. But like all everything you're talking about is not a surprise. Like the McCarthy stuff, not a surprise. Most people did not like the hire. I didn't like the hire either. And he's out there telling everybody, oh, yeah, I took a year off. And now I know all about the analytics of the game. And that was part of the reason Jerry said he hired him. Uh, Yeah, okay. You know, I know it's not going to change. But Jerry Jones, he doesn't help things. When he's out there saying that we're back to the 90s, that's how good this team is, you think that helps things with the pressure that they already have in that pressure cooker?
5: No, and also, like, Jordan Love has been spectacular for a while now. He hasn't thrown an interception in five straight games. He had one against the Giants December 11th, and then you got to go back to November 12th against Pittsburgh, where he had two. Like, he's going long stretches without turning the ball over, and that matters. I mean, the guy's quietly been doing his thing. I don't think that it was like, oh, he had a perfect game, and that's why they lost either. I think you're pointing a little bit too much to that.
3: Well, I, I I think when it comes to say like not having Christian Watson and him coming back, like this offense did evolve without him, and so adding this piece, I think yeah. certainly helped the cause. Uh, mm-hmm. But but yes, I mean Jordan Love, like yeah, he was playing well, but I mean this this was another level of, of awesome. But I think a lot of it was more play play design and play calling. Than I think it was more than anything else. And this is why I'm sort of blaming the coaches more than anybody else. I think one Mm -hmm. other thing, too, uh, you know, that I want to get to here is like we saw the Rams basically trade quarterbacks and give up assets to get Matt Stafford. And I wonder if the Cowboys need to look at something similar just for like Dak Prescott's mental health, if nothing else, because I know, you know, it's going to get cited a lot, two and five playoff record, all of that stuff. But I wonder if there is another veteran quarterback out there who maybe fits what the Cowboys are trying to do just a little bit better so that you're not having to deal with this anymore. Because at some point I feel like this could wear down Prescott, at least from some kind of a mental aspect or just from some kind of like a preparation aspect. Like I said, the, the Packers defense, they did very different things in this game. And do you have a quarterback out there who you could go and snag if that trade was even possible? But I wonder if maybe someone else is better equipped to handle that spot. What do you guys think with a few seconds left?
4: Sometimes you just have to make a change to make a change. Change of scenery could be good for Dak, could be good for the Cowboys. But what exactly do they want to do? That's where you have to start. What do they want to do? Because we don't know who's going to be running this team. It's not going to be McCarthy.
3: Yeah, no, it's it's going to be somebody else. Uh, who that is, I don't know, but that, that will also be intriguing. Again, everybody's refreshing Twitter to see when the update's going to happen. Anticipation is mounting. This is BetQL Daily presented by MGM Coming up next, Joe Giglio gives us the Eagles' perspective as they begin their playoff run against Tampa Bay. Coming up on the BetQL Network.
5: This is BetQL
0: Daily presented by MGM from
3: BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by MGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. One quick programming note. Jason Lockenfora will be with us now at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Before that, we will have BetQL Court But coming up right now, a former member of the BetQL Daily crew here to talk about the Eagles playoff game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers happening tonight. None other than Joe Giglio of WIP midday in Philadelphia. Joe, great to hear your voice in just a bit. Thank you so much for joining us let me go ahead and ask you about not just where Eagles fans are in terms of the panic meter, but how long the panic meter has been hovering around 10 out of 10. Uh, What say you as far as like how long this panic has been lasting?
1: Yeah. Good morning guys. Uh, So I, I would say I started hitting the panic button about five or six weeks ago and then about three or four weeks ago after the Seattle loss and then the Giants, who they beat at home. But really, when, when they lost to Arizona at home a couple weeks ago as 12-and-a-half-point favorites, I, I think the, the panic meter was hit so hard here in Philadelphia that it broke. So we, we, we've broken the panic meter. I don't know what's next. But, yeah, everyone's antennas have been up for the last five or six weeks, certainly, uh, that this, this thing could go off the rails.
4: Uh, morning, Joe. I, I find that a little surprising. That you were waiting until the results were losses, because I, I any NFL observer, and I know you watching up close and personal and breaking everything down every day. Like even when they were sitting at ten and one, you knew they weren't a ten and one team. Um, what changed this year? And by the way, it is strange. It sounds like we're bearing the Eagles before they even kick off tonight.
1: And they are favorites, Joe, which makes the whole thing even I more fascinating. So, so I think. So it was like two of two minds in Philadelphia. I or all year I kept saying this defense is not good enough to win the Super Bowl, but they're probably good. At, you know, they're good. It's just it's been a funny year where early on they weren't great, but their record said they were. And I thought, all right, they're probably just good. But then as the last five or six weeks have happened, now they just look bad. I mean, if you look at every metric the last, you know, since Thanksgiving, this is a bad football team. And now they go into a playoff game tonight. They are kind of being. The, the dirt is being thrown on them already. The one thing that makes tonight fascinating is, number one, their favorites. And, two, you know, if you – and I'm sure you guys did something like this in the last week or so. If you rank the playoff teams heading into – you know, now we know some results, obviously. But heading into it, the Eagles and Bucks may have been two of the bottom three, probably with Pittsburgh. So, of the matchups that were possible, this is one of the best ones they could have gotten. It actually may have been a blessing for them at least to win a game that they did blow the division, because as we saw yesterday, I mean, let's be real, if they had played Green Bay yesterday, the Packers would still be scoring. The Eagles would not have stopped them once. They would have lost to the Rams too. So I actually think for tonight's purposes, to win one playoff game, falling down to the five seed probably was actually best for them to get Tampa tonight.
5: So it is so interesting that the Eagles are favorites. You've got Jalen Hurts banged up. No A.J. Brown. You mentioned how bad the Eagles defense have been. And then on the other side, like Bakers dealing with injuries and the Bucks beat the Panthers by nine points to end the season. Not exactly overly impressive. So do you have an opinion on a side here, Joe?
1: So my brain tells me that I cannot lay points on the road with the Eagles tonight. I just can't do it. Like th- there is a sense deep down that they could win a really ugly football game. Like it would not su- surprise me at all if they win a twenty to nineteen kind of game or a twenty two to twenty one kind of game. But of course, that wouldn't cover the number. I, I just I couldn't in with good faith lay points with them on the road right now. The Eagles defense, and I know Tampa has their own issues, and they couldn't score a touchdown last week in Carolina, and Baker's banged up. But the Eagles defense the last six weeks, I mean, guys are so wide open. I, I really think any quarterback with a pulse could complete passes on them. That's how bad they've been. Now, offensively, we'll see tonight without A.J. Brown if they reinvent themselves a little bit. They did play these two teams in week three. It felt like forever ago now. Uh, a Monday night game, the Eagles ran the ball that night over 40 times. They ran the clock out the last nine minutes just running the ball. So so there might be something within this matchup where they can run it again, and that might be their ticket to do it. And we'll see with you know Jalen Hurts with a bad finger if maybe he's more willing tonight to put his bad knee on the line and go run the football and try to move the chains that way. So I, I see the path because of the Bucks issues and because of the last time I watched these teams play for the Eagles to win. But if I'm taking a side and I have to bet it, I, I would take the Bucks at home getting points.
3: Joe, if the Eagles lose outright, should Nick Sirianni be fired? Yes, I think
1: he should. Um, so, a couple things on that. One, I mean, there's the kind of the locker room stuff, and then there's the X's and O stuff. And locker room, I, I just this there's something that's been weird here the whole year. It feels like he's lost the team to an extent, and there, and things have kind of emerged out. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago a weird interception by Jalen Hurts to end the Monday night game in Seattle, and then it's it's come out over time because A.J. Brown likes to talk a lot, and when he does, he kind of puts his foot in his mouth, that the Eagles, and and I'm guessing Hurts and Brown themselves, freelance that play. They just, whatever the call was, they just did their own thing, and it ended up an interception. So you wonder, are they even listening to what this guy's saying anymore? Uh, Dallas Goddard on WIP last week said, they overlooked the Giants and Cardinals. I mean, it's very rare you hear a player say that. So that stuff's coming out of the locker room. And then X's and O's, guys, Sirianni doesn't really do anything here, in my opinion, to keep his job if they lose. He's not a master motivator. He's not a great in-game coach, even though he's the CEO type. He doesn't call plays. And then offensively, they've gone backwards. Hurts has regressed. He's a 20th-ranked passer in the NFL in terms of passer rating this year. And this guy isn't even the play caller. So, if, if I'm the owner of the Eagles and I'm watching my $250 million quarterback go backwards, my star receiver, A.J. Brown, upset half the season, and my team fall apart at the end of the year, maybe because of locker room issues, I, I'm saying to myself, with this great coaching crop out there, how can I not move on from Nick Sirianni and try to get someone in? And then on top of all that, The Eagles are in a Super Bowl window. You know, this would remind me a little bit of the Bucs moving on from Tony Dungy because they needed to get one before that thing broke up. And even, you know, in Denver, uh, John Fox, I think he had three straight 12-plus win seasons, got to a Super Bowl, lost the next year to Andrew Luck, and he was out because they realized they had to win a Super Bowl with that group they assembled with Peyton Manning. And And I think the Eagles could go down a similar path if they lose tonight.
4: All right, I, I knew the answer to that question from Ed before you even uh, spit it out there. But, y- yes, fired. Okay, they lose tonight. Joe G. starts the show tomorrow morning, WIP. What's the name? Give me the name that's your number one target after Sirianni's fired.
1: All right, so I have I have one and one A for you, Joe. I'm going to give you two. The number one name is okay. Bill Belichick. I mean, I, I, I think sometimes we overthink these things, and I understand limitations offense and what's happening at the end. But sometimes great coaches fall, and then they find themselves again. And Like Andy Reid here in Philadelphia all those years ago, his end the last three years, record-wise, very similar to what happened to Belichick in New England the last three years. He got to Kansas City, got refreshed, and boom, look what happened there. So my number one name is, is by far Bill Belichick. But then at the same time, I recognize it's an offensive league, and Jeff Lurie typically likes to go on the offensive side of the football. I, I love Ben Johnson and what he's done with the Detroit Lions. So – Belichick's number one, but if the Eagles go young in offense, because that's what the Eagles usually like to do, Ben Johnson is is the first call I'd make after Belichick because I I just see what he's done with that Detroit offense. And I say you Mm -hmm. get him here with the weapons and the quarterback, and I think it could be be pretty good.
5: That is a great comp with Andy Reid and Belichick. I like that, giving him a second chance. And uh, Jake wanted to remind you of Mac Jones' season, by the way. (laughs) we won't let that go um i want to know where you're going props wise for tonight you want a new england wanted or me that's for sure
2: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road
5: Can you he hear me Joe G, the props? We're still here? Yeah. Wh- <laughs> I got you. Okay, what yeah, what props
1: uh, you like
4: tonight? That was, that's what Aaron was asking.
1: Props tonight. All right, a couple that uh, stand out. One, um, the Eagles have struggled to, to really corral tight ends for a while now. Cade Otten, who I know is a – I remember <laughs> player Aaron liked back in the day. I do think Cade Otten could do some damage tonight. I would look at a, I, I looked at his touchdown number before I hopped on, and it was it was pretty big. That It would not surprise me if Otten scored um, – uh, the tight end for the uh, Cardinals a couple weeks ago, the Eagles had no answers for down near the red zone. So I think Kate Otten is mm-hmm. certainly someone to keep an eye on for any anytime touchdown or maybe like the yardage prop tonight. And then I do think Jalen Hurts is going to run. No A.J. Brown. He has a bad finger. Um, and I think, you know, in, in general, I always think a player will kind of revert back to what they do naturally and Jalen Hurts, is naturally a a runner at the quarterback position. And I think this season, because his knee has bothered him since September, that he and the team have tried to manage it. But tonight, his winner go home. And if his throwing hand is giving him issues or he can't throw the ball as well as he just wants to or there's a field issue tonight as the game goes on, I think he'll revert back to what he does probably best, and that is run the football and power through whatever soreness he has in that bone bruise in his knee. So I think Kate Otten tonight could have a big night,
3: and I would uh, I would take a look at Jalen Hurts and
1: his old run, his rushing prop tonight.
3: Joe, you're in Philadelphia. I'm sure many of you guys are uh, celebrating the loss of the Dallas Cowboys from yesterday. How does this impact the NFC playoffs, if at all?
1: Yeah, well, it certainly impacts it for the Eagles. And yeah, I mean, half the day, I think half of the boost of morale this morning in Philadelphia and why I think some people will talk themselves into a win tonight is because everyone is finally excited after a football game for the first time in like six weeks. Yesterday, watching the Cowboys lose was the best football game anyone here in Philadelphia's watched this week. So people are excited uh, and uh, enjoying the demise of the Cowboys and maybe McCarthy losing his job. As far as the past, I mean, it changes it for the Eagles significantly. If they had won, uh, if they've won and chalk it played out in the other matchups, the Eagles were slated to be the worst seed left and go to San Francisco next week and almost surely lose that football game. Now they'll have a chance to go to Detroit. Guys, personally, I think Detroit will smack them next week. I don't think the Eagles defense will have any answers for all those weapons on, on the Lions, but it's an easier mm-hmm. matchup. There's a just, I think there's just more of a possibility that maybe Jared Goff has a tough game or the Eagles are able to move the ball on a Lions defense That is, you know, uh, of the playoff teams left pretty suspect. So there's certainly an easier path. I mean, the Eagles could have a Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff combination on the way back to a title game. I think that's easier than playing the Niners. Eagles are probably tonight's their only playoff win if they get it. But uh, the path back to contention, if they could turn this around, got easier yesterday for sure.
4: Uh, Yeah, I mean, wow. We could be living in a world. Twenty four hours where three of the four teams in the NFC East are looking for new coaches. What an amazing hiring cycle this is gonna be. I wanted to go back to the AJ Brown. I know you you hit on Hertz props that you like him for rushing, but you know, to attack this Bucks defense, typically you need to pass it. And we don't know about the finger with Hertz, but without Brown, like where do those passes go aside from Devontae?
1: It's a great question. I mean, Dallas Goddard, I saw his prop was at 52-and-a-half this morning, which makes sense. He, he'd probably be the next one up to get those uh, catches. As far as the other wide receivers, I, I don't trust any of them in terms of down-to-down, so I'd I'd be wary of, of playing any of their yardage props. I mean, someone's probably going to get some yards just by accident so you could take some shots. I would look touchdown, though. I mean, Julio Jones did have two touchdowns two weeks ago against the Cardinals, and then Quez Watkins had one last week. I mean, Watkins is more of the obviously the speed guy. Julio Jones can't really move anymore, so perhaps he could have a big one down the field. Um, But they don't really have much. Guys, watch early in this game, and maybe you play a live prop or a live live bet because Devontae Smith is also coming off an injury. Now it's not as bad; he's playing tonight. Obviously, AJ Brown isn't playing, but Devontae had an ankle injury a couple weeks ago, did not play last week against the Giants, and now he's supposed to be their number one tonight. If he doesn't look himself number one, they're in big trouble. But number two, those throws may have to just by accident go elsewhere if if Devontae's not getting open or he's getting double tonight. So Quez Watkins will see a lot of snaps, and, and I do think Julio Jones in the red zone uh, could be a guy you see targeted.
3: You're muted, Aaron.
5: Sorry about that. Who do you have in the NFC Championship game now?
1: Uh, San Francisco and Detroit, I I, I I had a thought that that might happen anyway because I, I thought that Detroit could beat Dallas if we had gotten that rematch in the 3-2 game. But, yeah, as much as I, I love the Green Bay story and I think they're on their way to potentially being great again very soon uh, and we're seeing the beginning of it now, I do think that San Francisco will be the right team to win that game next week. And I think Detroit will probably beat either of these teams that come out of the game tonight. Detroit gets the game at home. Either winner of tonight will be on a short week on the road. And I, and I just think the Lions right now have something cooking, um, you know, on the path to a title game. I, I think it's I think it's the
3: Niners and the Lions in the title game. Got about 30, 45 seconds left here, Joe G. Uh, what about the AFC? Who do you see coming out of that conference? And uh, what is the probability that, say, we might get a surprise team coming out of the AFC?
1: Yeah, well, I, I, do we count at this point the Chiefs as a surprise? I mean, the, based on the way they played all year. I guess we could count that as a surprise because they've been more okay than great, but that defense will travel and likely play a road playoff game next week in Buffalo. It would not surprise me at all if the Kansas City Chiefs upend the Bills, assuming the Bills win today next week, and then all of a sudden you're staring at Mahomes with a great defense behind him, 60 minutes away from a Super Bowl in Baltimore a few weeks from now. It's probably Baltimore and San Francisco in in the Super Bowl, but, Kansas City back there with Mahomes, Andy, and a tremendous defense. It, it might surprise some. It will not surprise me.
3: Good stuff. Good stuff. Joe Gilio of WIP, the midday show in Philadelphia. And, of course, our friend, the former member of our BetQL Daily family. Thank you so much for joining us. Greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, BetQL Court. Coming up on the BetQL Network.
2: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
3: Oye, oye, BetQL Court is now in session. The Honorable Ed Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth presiding. Joe, can I take a guess as to who you are taking to court? Do I get one guess?
4: Go ahead because I don't think you're going to get it. But go ahead.
3: Okay, because maybe I won't, but I figured, like, over the weekend, based upon what happened in Chicago with Jerry Krause's widow at the Bulls oh. honoring ceremony of uh, the 1990s dynasty, I figured that would be at least worth a mention.
4: Uh, I, yeah, I just, it's worth a mention. It is. The, the scumbags, um, and unfortunately, uh, the minority. And get painted as uh, that's Bulls fans, but that was disgusting what happened mm-hmm. over the weekend at the United Center. Just, just awful. And, you know, it's not where I'm going, but I'll just say this that Michael Jordan is in, is part of the problem. And uh, cool. he was not in attendance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he makes, even after the man has passed, he goes out of his way. And we all saw it in the documentary to just trash Jerry Krause, even though he had a hand. And bringing this this team six championships and and what the fan base did booing Jerry Cross's widow was just absolutely disgusting. I was happy that uh, Stacey King called out uh, those those stupid fans. Uh, it's just awful how it makes uh, what they did to her and and how it makes all Bulls fans look. Um, and I'm glad they've been called out on it nationwide over the weekend. And they deserve to be embarrassed even more. But I'm gonna go the football route and. You know, I I know people are sick of hearing about it, but it's not Cowboys related, believe it or not. Maybe, maybe so. It's, it's just, and I, and I've had the app for years because of Notre Dame or other things that I've wanted to watch or shows my wife watches. I, I, I even got to a point last night. I'm like, I can't, I can't even take hearing the word peacock anymore. Like I can't and just how they were selling it and overselling it and then patting themselves on the on the back for making streaming history with 23 million because you're greedy pigs and you force people to buy it. I got so many text messages from people are like, I'm not doing this. Like I've got to draw the line somewhere and they're making us. I want to watch your product. I want to enjoy it, but you're making me do this. This is a joke and it's, so awful outside you couldn't travel to a bar restaurant if you wanted to and then you're taking the chance if the bar restaurant has even figured it out with the streaming services it's just it's disgusting it's terrible man i'm just so sick of it and i was just actually counting during the break i was looking at it and you know the trendy thing used to be i'm cutting the cord these cable services are out of control i'm cutting the cord yeah and if you're a sports fan or even if you like movies or TV shows, how are you saving money? Like, I, I should go through it. I should if, if I have the time and, like, compare the cable bill from before to now with, like, YouTube TV and Peacock and Hulu and Netflix, and Disney+, Plus, and ESPN+, Plus, and Prime, and Apple TV, and Max, and Paramount+. Plus. Like, I'm just sick of it all. And and I get the sense that most consumers are sick of it all. And, and I wonder, I don't know if they can, but I wonder if people are going to fight back. And years from now, we're probably going to be back to where we were. And everybody's just going to have your one-stop shop where it's just a cable service.
5: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it seems like every year I do the math, and it's about the same, if not more, depending on how many subscriptions you do want to have. I did something I probably shouldn't admit, and I texted our good friend Mario for a link to a stream. A stream, I will not say what that was, but I'll let you decide. I, it was I also I'm not got a paying. text.
0: <laughs> Somebody else was sending texts Saturday night, too. Wow.
4: I texted Jake. Oh, I texted. Oh, yeah.
0: oh my god! My, my jaw dropped to the floor. No, no, we're talking about Joe texted me. No, Joe texted me for Freak. the same thing you texted Mario for.
4: Free free oh for somebody else. I like love... I said, we have it, but it was for somebody else. And Jake, Jake had the info right away. I love and it. I
5: texted Mario. I was like, Mario. "What's up, guy? <laughs> Give
4: me but the." The so
3: self <laughs> is on another so, uh, level. <laughs>
4: You know what? They don't deserve anybody's money. I'm just, I'm done with the whole thing.
5: Could I afford $5? Do I waste that kind of money going to Starbucks? Yes, it's the principle. And I am not getting the subscription. I'm with you on that one. I think it's absolutely ridiculous.
3: I'm glad you brought up the padding of the back and the infomercial that happened during halftime of Sunday Night Football. Like, I know this is like a major digression here, but like... When Bob Costas was the face of NBC Sports, could you ever imagine that crap happening? Like, there was a certain journalistic stature when he was there where that stuff would never happen. And I don't want to, like, besmirch anybody who's there now. Like, I don't mean to do that because sometimes, you
4: you
3: know, management can force things down your throat. I get it. But when it comes to, like, a certain standard of journalistic integrity, that would not have happened just a few years ago. Uh, But now they are succumbing to the streaming God where we're seeing this all the time. And it's basically hurting the product that is over the air that we are getting for quote unquote free. Like this part is disgusting, if nothing else. Like if the NFL wants to move games to, to, you know, streaming, pay-per-view, whatever. okay, that's one thing. But then to talk about how great you are in the process, that is a little gross
4: it was very much so and let me also add even you're going down this route you better work on your depth chart and don't give us jason garrett for a playoff game and there's jack collinsworth once again like i got to deal with that again now we're in the playoffs and and really you couldn't do better for your playoff game oh man just i i just had enough like and like i said i've had it for years but just last night For some reason, it got to me. And I'm like, God, I just can't take this anymore. And I'm sure there are people that are even more upset about it than me. Hmm. Yeah,
3: I think you're right. I think you're right. Aaron. who are you taking to court?
5: All right. So this is uh, sports-related, but also it it says – I think a lot about where we are at with the self checkouts at grocery stores. So Ryan (laughs) Rollins of the Wizards got caught stealing a few times from Target and he got cut from the team, but he was stealing household products, groceries, candles. And I know some people who are like, hey, you, and the, you see it on Instagram, like you go, your groceries were 250 then you go to self-checkout and oh, the same groceries were only 50 Like people are taking advantage of self-checkout and not oh swiping everything through. But now, I mean, a Wizards player just got caught doing it. Uh, how do we feel about this? Because I think more and more people are probably going to start getting caught. Who, who have been taking advantage of these self-checkouts?
4: Dude, I'm, yeah, come on. I hate some of the self-checkouts. Some are convenient. If it's 10 items or less, mm-hmm. it's convenient. But like, but every big brother's watching everything. Those self-checkouts, if you're doing a fake scan, like I've seen ones where the they it shows the camera and like they pick it up right away. But I'm sure mm-hmm. people just like kind of fake it and throw it in the card and all that stuff. Dude, come on, man. Now, listen. I'm, that's
5: embarrassing. The pricing So,
4: I, for an athlete, come on. That's a joke. But, yeah. like, also, the stuff that used to cost $20 is also costing us $80. So maybe he's like, I know. even.
5: That's the thing. Like, you can't even leave the house for less than $100 these days. It took my daughter out. You, you want to do something fun with the family? It's like... Crazy how expensive everything is, but I mean, I'm not endorsing stealing. Obviously, this guy just ruined his career. <laughs> it's so embarrassing for less than a thousand dollars worth of theft. It's like a misdemeanor, and you're cut from the team. I don't even know who he is. He probably wasn't that good anyway. But I do hear people mm-hmm. like my cousin was telling me she'll stack like two items that are the same, but only swipe the bottom one. <laughs> like, oh man!
4: Wow! <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's ooh. That's not, <laughs> so. Where does she put? Where does she put the product though? Because then it gets weighed, right? Or it depends where you're at. I don't know. Like, do
5: say it. you had like two things that look similar, or she'll take like avocados and like find something that's green that only costs like a few cents and weigh uh, it as that. Oh,
4: no, <laughs> dude. Oh, yeah, avocados no. are expensive. See, this is
5: yeah. So I, I, that sounds like be. a lot of work. She's getting the man. It's not,
4: it's really, it's really not, it's really not Paul. You're just pressing a different button. That's already on the computer that you're about to press. I don't know, I mean, but you just, gotta go yeah. get
0: the other thing. You gotta fix your ho- like. I'm a big like store route guy. Like even if I go to like a different you know jewel or whatever, I'm like, oh man, it's a totally different layout. It totally throws me off. So now you go get yeah, yeah. Got to stop by the limes, and you know when you actually get in an avocado or whatever, it just there's a lot going on. And then you got to execute it perfectly, and then you got the weight to consider. There's a lot. There's a lot going on there. Where like back in the yeah. day, you know, hypothetically if you were just to, like, forget that you had paper towels on the bottom rack of your grocery cart, and then you get out to your cart, oh, no, do I go take these back? Uh, well, I guess I'll get them Am I going to go to
5: jail for that? Like, oh, sorry, I totally forgot. Let me pay for it. I don't know how how they crack down Am on that. Am I the that.
3: only one who does actually go back to the grocery store if I make a mistake? <laughs> like, I do go back and pay for things, like, if I make a mistake.
0: Eh,
4: I mean, when I was...
3: Who's of got
0: time
4: hot, for that? I, how do you right. realize? Speaking you of have a mistake, though, how do you right. realize, like? At what you know, point? I mean, sometimes you're walking I'll take out the door, the you get to the
0: car, to... you get home. You know, at what point? And like, speaking of NBC, a lot of you know NBC talk today. You're paying me 1081 an hour when I'm like 22 and living on my own in Philly. Like, oops, yeah. like I didn't need do it his. on purpose, but
4: yeah, it's revenge so out here trying to
0: survive in these streets.
4: You know, let yeah. let, let me just put it on record that. We, we are so old, we're complaining about streaming services and inflation in the same segment. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, and how. what's happening.
3: <laughs> this is Begwell Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, an impromptu super wildcard Monday doubleheader is ahead. And also, Jason Lock and Four is up next. Coming up on the Well Network.